Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another edition of the Stampede. Now I know it has been a quiet week here, uh, but we figure there's not a lot going on in the world of football other than the Super Bowl. So one podcast this week, it's going to be up on Friday. We are recording this Thursday night. So, and other than the Super Bowl, uh, not a lot has been going on other than Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff blockbuster trade. Uh, The Rams receiving quarterback Matthew Stafford and the Lions receiving Jared Goff. uh, Third round pick this year, a first round pick next year, and then in 2023, another first round pick. So Lions getting quite a bit there and the Rams not picking a draft pick. I think their current (laughs) next first round picks like in seventh grade. So, um, yeah, so we're going to start with that before we get into the Super Bowl. But before that, uh, just really quick, ladies and gentlemen, if you could uh, do us all a favor and subscribe to the channel and to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast, uh, whichever platform you are hearing this on, please do all you can to support us there. What Whether that means commenting, liking a video, uh, subscribing, giving us a five-star review, no matter what, uh, it, whatever platform you're listening on, please just do all you can to support myself and my partner in crime, Ashton Young. Ashton, how are you doing today? Doing good. Um, I, I'm actually feeling really great. Um, I'll think maybe there's something we could add to today's show because Ryan, you did wake me up with some news the other day, and I, I feel like we got to talk about it for like a, at least five minutes. Um, okay. Was okay. the uh, the college football video game franchise is returning? Um, hopefully, sometime by next year. But that was the news that you woke me up with the other day, and I had a smile. I don't think I smiled so hard in my life after hearing about that, that kind of news, you're like, dude, just go straight to your phone. It'll be the first thing that popped up. Sure enough, I got on Instagram and ESPN college football uh, Instagram account already had the poster of, you know, former Michigan quarterback, the logo. Everything. I was like, oh my goodness, it's back. So that's, that's kind of put me in a good, good mood this week. Also, I'm finishing up some midterms. So I got a little bit later, weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, after what is it, six, seven years? Um, eight years, nearly eight, eight. seven yeah. and a half, technically. Okay, well, after eight years, uh, one of the greatest video games of all time has finally returned. Uh, well, we'll see, you know, how long it takes it to get it out. By, uh, by the time it comes out, it could be nine, ten years since the last one came out. But, uh, I, I'm super excited, um, especially with the way Madden is now. Madden's not, uh, not the greatest game in the world. Let's just say that. And um, it, it's kind of strange to see that a NCAA 14 uh, video game is better than a Madden 21 game and more detailed, better tackle animation. It's just, it's just really strange to see. But uh, regardless, I'm very, very happy that uh, this game is finally going to be back. Um, can't wait to work on some dynasty mode, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as a person who's big on just sports in general, especially college football. And then just being a person that does like to play video games. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's probably NCW 14 has probably been the most complete football video game that I've played definitely in the last eight years. I mean, there's been a lot of issues with the Madden franchise and EA sports. Um, there were a lot of people that worked for, you know, the NCAA group. And when they joined Madden, they thought they were going to do all these things. And there were reports about how basically they were pretty limited on what they could do because there was just so much constraint on just focusing on one or two details in order to benefit the profits on the most. 
So, yeah, but looking forward to this game. And really, they can pull a man and just copy and paste from NCW 14, and I'd be a happy man. Because all, all I really want is the graphic, graphics to be better and the roster to be updated. Other than that, you bring NCW 14 back to a next-gen console or, you know, PC or whatever, you're going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, especially now there's the capability of, well, what you had in the old NCAA games was after you went through your four seasons of college, you could transfer that prospect over to Madden uh, with like file share. So that kind of brings a whole new aspect to the table because as we know that Madden has just started, they, the last few years, they barely started doing them like the career modes and whatnot. And uh, they haven't been great to say the least. I know new, you and I have not. I'll really say awful them. straight up. Uh, yeah. So I think the that, last one was more like a movie that you cannot, you know, change. Yeah. So it, it's, and it's interesting, you know, um, you know, there's a, some capability there, uh, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, and uh, it's something we kind of wanted to talk about a little bit just because, um, you know, we care about it, and it's football-related, so. Yep. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Matthew Stafford-Jared Goff trade. Uh, the Rams receiving quarterback Matthew Stafford. The Lions received qu- quarterback Jared Goff. Uh, 2021 third-round pick, 2022 first-round pick, and another first-round pick in the year of 2023. Uh and until 2024, the last first-round pick they would have taken is Jared Goff. Kind of wild. Um, that was way back in 2016, I think, is when Jared Goff was drafted, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they're going to go almost a decade without a first-round pick. Ashton, I'll start with – I want to start with the Rams side. Um, do you think they gave up too much? Do you think that they upgraded the quarterback position? What do you think about uh, Matthew Stafford going to Sean McVay and the Rams? Well, they definitely gave up quite a bit, but at the same time, the Rams, in my opinion, their missing link or their weakest link was the quarterback position. I think everywhere else they were pretty much doing their jobs. I mean, the run game was there. The receivers, you know, they all found ways to get open, and they're all, you know, fairly cheap. You know, you extended uh, 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 Reynolds, but – no, Robert Woods, excuse me. You extended Robert Woods, but still, it's not like you paid him crazy money compared to, you know – DeAndre Hopkins and other wide receivers in the NFL. Um, you have two of the best defensive players in the NFL in one unit. You have Jared, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and a lot of other good players on the defensive side that basically, you know, just follow them, you know, follow their leadership and really play well with them. And then you have Sean McVay, who has proven to be a really good coach in this league, despite you know having backup quarterback playing the last two three weeks of the season. They still made the playoffs. They still beat the Seattle Seahawks, and they still got to face the Packers in the divisional round. So by simply just upgrading the quarterback position, you could really argue that this is a Super Bowl contender because they have that top defense. All they really, If you can have a good quarterback with a good defense, you're a Super Bowl contender. It, it's just straight-up facts. And I think that, the, that now that they were able to make up for that lack of quarterback play that they were missing, especially from Jared Goff, you know, not only just having a guy that has 10 fingers, but having a guy who has NFL experience, who's been making a lot of plays for Detroit, who's really just been the foundation and the face of the Detroit Lions franchise for so many years. Um, honestly, the trade to me just makes sense. And I, I will say, though, I will give props to the Rams front office for having a lot of faith in Sean McVay, because rarely do teams give up this much 
to upgrade a quarterback position, especially if it's a quarterback that's already above the age of 30. But I really like the trade. I really think the Rams have something special. And Sean McVay, I think, found the guy he needs to lead the offense. Okay. Uh, I'm going to address each of your points kind of one by one. Uh, one, yes, they upgraded a quarterback. Um, do I believe that they gave up too much for Matthew Stafford? No, definitely not. Um, I've constantly said year in and year out, this is one of the top 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. And he always has been since he ended the freaking league. Um, he's just played for probably arguably the worst franchise in the NFL. Uh, you can make an argument between a lot of teams for the worst team in the NFL, but the, the Lions are top to bottom ran poorly. Um, they always have been. They've tried to rebuild with Matthew Stafford there three times. He's had three different head coaches, and he has basically carried the team to four wins, five wins. Like I, I think I really think that the Lions have a chance to go 0-16 next year without him, uh, for one. Um, two, I just – I'm not sure how better it makes the Rams just because it's kind of, it kind of seems like – like I don't want to say a neutral – move because Stafford is definitely better uh, than Jared Goff. But does this put the Rams in the conversation with the Packers, you know, with the Buccaneers next year? I don't know. Um, maybe two years from now, maybe three years from now, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, have the draft capital back and they'll be able to kind of build more around uh, their foundational core. I don't know if you could have such a top heavy roster and win Super Bowls in the NFL. Um, speaking of top-heavy rosters, I uh, you know the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, but it, it just it I I you know and, and when we talked about this last uh, last two podcasts ago or last podcast about potential Stafford trades, I mentioned the Rams. You know, I was like, you know, the Rams could upgrade a quarterback. I just don't think they have the draft capital to do it, but they were willing to give up first round picks in the 2023, 2033 to the, you know, like, like uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they are going to be able to hit on these late round picks once again and find these hidden gems, these undrafted players that they can bring in uh, and that they could have contribute for them. Um, you know, you mentioned the age thing, Stafford being 32 years old. I, um, look, 32 is the new 25 in the NFL. Quarterbacks are playing longer than ever. Uh, they're playing until they're 40 plus years old. Uh, yeah. I mean, even Tom though, he, he taught, you know, we could treat Tom Brady as the outlier, right? Phillip Rivers, Big Ben, Drew Brees, all, all play until they're like 39, 40 years old. Right. So it's not just Tom Brady doing this. I, I view him as outlier and I don't think anybody's going to play till they're 45. So at minimum, you're getting six years of a top 10 quarterback in the league, unless uh, he declines suddenly. And if people want to talk about the injury factor, he's, he's not as injury prone as you would think for one uh, for two, he's been surrounded by garbage, his old career. That is why he has been injured. He's been surrounded by incompetent coaching staffs uh, he's been surrounded by incompetent ownership. He has done everything in his power for the city of Detroit. And he, he, I, I just don't, 
I just don't like love. I don't love the move. You know, I, I just, I like it. Um, I just think that the Ram, if this doesn't work, we just kind of have to wait and see. Cause if this doesn't work and the Rams don't win a Super Bowl, they're going to be in the same exact positions as the, as the Houston Texans, basically. Um, not as bad because the Rams don't have a, th- a 24, 25 year old quarterback. That's one of the best in the NFL and has a potential to be the greatest, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. Right. Uh, and they so, top defense. Yeah. They, yeah, they do. They have a good defense and it's just, you know, I, I just think we have to wait and see. I'm a little lukewarm on it because I, I wanted Stafford on, on different teams. You know, I didn't, I just didn't view the Rams as a, as a true contender to get Stafford, you know, it's, you know, we talked about it and it just didn't seem to fit, but now that he's there, I mean, I think the Rams have a good good chance to win the Super Bowl. I think the Rams have a good chance. That's why I'm saying, I I really think this team got a lot better. I think, again, they already have a great defense. If any team that has a good quarterback and a good defense, they're going to make it far to the playoffs, if not possibly the Super Bowl. You know, Tom Brady's a good quarterback. That Tampa Bay defense is a good defense, hence why they're in the Super Bowl. Kansas City, their defense is still – it's good. It's not as good as Tampa Bay's, but they have a really good quarterback, <laughs> you know, like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid being the good all-around head coach. And also their defensive coordinator is the one guy who's beaten Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. So, you know, they know what they got defensively as well. And I think for the Rams, you know, if you already have your defense pretty much situated – you know, your O-line is establishing the run game for Cam Akers. Your wide receivers are, you know, not expensive and still making plays and getting catches when needed. And if you have Sean McVay, who knows how to make all these guys work, and especially those that he drafted in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, stuff like that. Yeah, all you need to do is upgrade quarterback. And I really think Matt Stafford's a lot better than Jared Goff. I really think not only because he's healthier and, again, has 10 fingers, but he's made a lot of plays for Detroit, you know, for so many years and he's been the foundation to that franchise. Now he gets a chance to be built around and actually be part of a team where if he does his job, they can win football games. So really looking forward to Matthew Stafford. I'm really happy for him. Yeah. I I think a lot of people just have never watched Matthew Stafford play football because a lot of people look at him and they're like, Oh, he's 32 and he's never won a playoff game. Like, what? Uh, how, how? Why would you trade for him? Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. There's a reason that Jared Goff and potentially Jimmy Garoppolo are on the move. They're, they didn't make it to a Super Bowl because of their uh, outstanding talent like Patrick Mahomes, right? They made it because their surrounding core was so freaking good and they both have two of the best coaches in the NFL, right? Stafford has been surrounded by garbage and he's, he, you know, you look at Detroit and you see them on your schedule in the football and uh, you know, throughout, throughout the season, they're like, oh, that's a win. But when it comes to the game, Stafford's always – he always keeps his team in it. You know what I mean? Like, and he's always had these – he's one of the best fourth-quarter comeback quarterbacks of all time as well. I think he actually has more – I think I saw this. He has more fourth-quarter quarter comebacks in the regular season than anybody other than, I think, John Elway. He He's up there. He, you know, people – look – I, I hate using QB wins as a stat. I don't think it's a good stat. I, it's not a representation of the player itself. Got to remember, football's a offense, defense, special teams. It, there's three phases of the game. There's 11 players on the field uh, at, to- at all times, you know, and quarterback is just one. Granted, he's the most important, but 
it's it's just I, I for so, it really upsets me seeing people that don't like understand how good Matthew Stafford is. It's irritating, and I there's Rams fans that are upset that they did this. I don't understand it. It's uh, all right. Let's move on to uh, Goff to the Lions and Lions getting all these draft picks. Um, I'll start with this. I don't, I want to talk about, I also want to talk about, sorry, I'm getting off track, off topic. I also want to talk about what the Lions could do in the draft. They have the number seven overall pick. Uh, They have Jared Goff. So do they take a quarterback? I don't know. Obviously no one knows at this point uh, what's going to happen. And all the mocks out out there now haven't taken Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, probably after this trade, I don't think they take a quarterback now uh, just because Goff is, he is an expensive quarterback for one. And if you draft one in the high in the first round, you want him to play sooner rather than later. And no one else is going to take on Jared Goff's contract. So I just think that what the Rams should do is look, even with Jared Goff and whoever they draft, they, they, they're a contender to get the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Right. So I think you just kind of ride this, this year out, potentially get a quarterback next year. Um, I'm not saying tank because as we know, teams in the NFL do not tank. They just don't tank. The players don't tank. They're always playing their hardest because those their jobs on the line. Uh, they're not going to tank, but I think a lack of talent defensively and offensively is definitely going to hurt them. And I think that the Lions, sh- I, I don't think they should take a quarterback for one, just because I don't think you should throw a quarterback to the Wolves like that. Um, and, you know, I think John Madden once said, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You don't want to have Jared Goff and a rookie quarterback in the same room just because you don't want controversy and you don't want, you know, every, after every single game, you know, Jared Goff throws one interception, they're going to be like, let's go, let's bring in this new rookie quarterback, right? So I don't think that now is the right time to bring in a rookie quarterback. Um, I think that, and I think this is, a, this might be good for Jared Goff because he, reports came out, apparently he does not work very hard. He's had this offensive coordinator, Sean McVay, head coach Sean McVay. That's kind of, you know, he's one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. He could scheme everything open and Goff, kind of just didn't have to work hard for it, you know, once he got this really good coach. So maybe this will turn Goff into the number one pick that most people thought he was. So, and then you don't have to take a quarterback next year, right? If if Goff turns out to be the guy, you don't have to take a quarterback and you already have solved your quarterback uh, position. Well, I will say this. Goff is going to be tested in Detroit. You know, they're really going to see if they can get their money's worth with this guy. And you, and you talk about how with Sean McVay, you know, creating the schemes that he did on their playbooks to where Jared Goff was always finding ways to stay, you know, untouched by defensive players, you know, finding ways to, you know, get out of the pocket or, you know, get those quick throws in there to either Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Reynolds, even. Um, they're more physical in Detroit. It's really going to, you know, they're, they're going to be physical and try and get the run game established, you know, set up the play action if possible but they're going to be asking Jared Goff to stay in that pocket. They're going to be asking Jared Goff to survey the field, make his reads, make the throws he needs to make. And it's going to be interesting to see if he can do the things that Stafford has been doing for Detroit 
first couple of years. Probably not, as you, I already see you shaking your head, but they are going to test them. They want to see if they can get their money's worth. And if not, then, you know, worst case scenario, they'll be high up in the draft order once again. Um, you know, they have two more first round picks now to work with in 2022 and 2023. They can move those around if they want to get the guy they really want, or they can just, you know, move up in the draft even higher now. You know, they, they have more collateral now to play with in the future to decide. But I agree with you, Ryan, that they are going to play this season out see where it goes, see how this new system looks with a new head coach, with a new quarterback, and then just build off from there. I really think this is going to be an experimental year with just a new staff all around in Detroit. Yeah, uh, you know, in a year like this, in a COVID year, um, I don't think that, you know, I think that you kind of have to give coaches a, a pass for all of the draft picks they're going to have this year because uh, no combine, a lot of the players sat out this year and you're kind of just banking on uh, their tape from a year ago or their workouts and their physical talent. Right. So you're going to have to give players and coach, you know, you have to give coaches a pass for if they do really bad this draft. Right. Um, in the Lions case, this is good. They're up early in the set in the first round at the seventh pick. And there's quite a few can't miss prospects up that high. So, they can go wide receiver, you know, Devonte Smith could be there. Jalen Waddle could be there. Jamar chase. You know, those are the main three receivers we see. Um, if they want to take on a, a chance on a guy like Micah Parsons, uh, they could go cornerback. Patrick Sertan would be there. Caleb Farley, you know, um, a lot of these after the first 10 or so picks, um, it's a lot of question marks and now they have a chance to go best player available uh, whoever they may think that is, or if they want to go for need or whatever. Uh, it, I, I think that this, I really, I like this move more for the Lions than I do for the Rams uh, long-term. Obviously we're going to have to see if the Rams can win a Super Bowl, but, and I, I actually, you know, I rarely go away um, thinking that both teams won the trade. I like the trade for both teams. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting what happens. Um Again, just happy for Matthew Stafford leaving Detroit, being under a system where there's a lot of working parts. Um, interested to see if Jared Goff can really build himself up, stay healthy, and you know keep his starting role with Detroit. Not saying it's in question or anything, but just the fact that you know he's really got to up his game and you know be more physical if he's going to be under Detroit system. Because I know you know based on the new coaching staff that's coming in with Anthony Lynn as the OC, I believe. Uh, What's his name? Yeah, Campbell is the head coach. You know, Dan Campbell, you know, we I've seen his interview. He's all about yeah. this oh, being he is the uh, most, you know, he's the most Detroit coach there is, right? Right. Like this is gonna be a very old school physical team. So Jared Jared Goff's about to hit some nineties and early two thousands NFL, and it's gonna be fun to see if that actually works out or not. Yeah, and I I, I hope that you know I'm I'm never rooting against a player. Uh, even though it may seem that way. Uh, I, I really hope that Goff can succeed uh, in Detroit because Detroit needs it. They need a good football team. They, they really do. Um, unless you have anything else to add, I think it's time to move on to the greatest game uh, there is, right? Yes, the greatest game. What you play for. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our Super Bowl predi predictions and preview show here on the Stampede. I'm very excited for this because 
like as of this point, I still have not chosen a team. I <laughs> I don't know if you have, uh, but I have not chosen a team yet. Um, so I want to run down through the rosters, the coaches, and the potential matchups and X factors and all that stuff. I don't know how long this is going to take, but I'm very, very excited for this. So let's start. Uh, Ashton, where do you want to start? And we could start on the offensive side of, for the, of the ball for each team, the defensive side of the ball for each each team. You know, it's just kind of – You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because for the first time in quite some recent years, we're seeing – actually maybe since, you know, Super Bowl 53 between the Rams and the Patriots, we're really seeing – two teams that can light it up offensively, but also play some really good defense. Kansas City, you know, they've given up quite a bit of points, you know, in recent games. But, you know, compared to them playing against the Buffalo Bills, um, I, th- I thought the defense actually played well, especially against the team that was supposed- that's arguably been the hottest in the NFL. So I really think their defense is going to get better. I, I really think the, um, that Kansas City defense, they're going to play really good in the Super Bowl. So for me, it's kind of a coin flip in regards to which team's coming out on top because I, I really like both sides of the ball for both teams um but yeah defensively I I would give the slight slight edge to Tampa Bay just because the unit as a whole is better and Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator yeah, I really think he's good at his job as a DC. As a head coach, yeah, I had some questions. But as a defensive coordinator, he's really good at his job. And I have to give props where props is due. He really knows how to mix, you know, a lot of these talented new guys with these veteran players. He's creating all kinds of schemes that really works against opposing offenses to stop Aaron Rodgers, you know, to be that fifth seed in the NFC, play the best, and become the best. You know, there was a lot of defense as to, to it. But, man, honestly, it is quite a toss-up because I do think Kansas City offensively is better. I don't know. What about you, Ryan? So I think that the Chiefs definitely have the advantage offensively uh, because of who their quarterback is and their weapons. Um, I could make it – you can make an argument that uh, the weapons uh, as a group, the Buccaneers, you know, wide receiver tight end core is better. But uh, I think the Chiefs are a more top-heavy team uh because they have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, who I think out of everybody that's playing in the Super Bowl, I think those are the three best players. I think that uh what we're gonna see, and no no disrespect to Tom Brady, I think he's just he's just older quarterback and you know, but I think we say real, this every week and he surprises us. Look, look, I, I know I just he's oh, not wrong. look he's Bias just not up life. look He's just not up there with Mahomes and Rodgers and Russell Wilk. Like he's just he's like a little tiny bit below them. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying the Chiefs have a better quarterback than the Buccaneers at this point, right? Yeah. And usually what I what I want to do is I want to take the the team with the better quarterback because it's the biggest impact on the game. But the this offensive line for the Chiefs is going to struggle against this Buccaneers defensive line, linebacking core, mixing up all these blitzes and whatnot. And Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are definitely going to have to be creative with what they do. They're going to have to get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quickly. They're going to have to run the ball real effectively, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that because of this offensive line. The Buccaneers definitely have the advantage on the offensive line. I will say that. Uh, I know that the Chiefs have Chris Jones, um, 
but I look, I just think as a whole, the Bucks D line is better. The Bucks linebacking core is better. Secondary is kind of a toss up. On paper, I think the Buccaneers are the better team as a whole, but they don't have Patrick Mahomes. So that's why I'm struggling, you know? Um, it's, co- it, it coaching, wise, awesome. coaching wise, coaching wise, I think that the Chiefs have a better coaching staff as a whole. Yes. Um, you mentioned Todd Bowles, he's been awesome. Um, and Tom Brady is the offensive coordinator, you know, he, I'm sure he's been great as well. So, uh, yeah. but, and, but Steve, uh, Steve Stark, no, not Steve Stark. He's in Steve Spagnola, I believe is the defensive coordinator for the chiefs. He's a great, he's a great coach. Eric Bini, a great it's offensive Tom coordinator. Twice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. People keep, keep, keep joking that Kansas city needs to recruit Eli Manning to stop, you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl this year. They're already one step ahead of them, and they have the New York Giants defensive coordinator that stopped Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And look, and and Brady, people want to say, like, act like he's the reason they're there. And, look, and I hate betting against Brady in the big game. Like, in the first half, he played great against Green Bay, but in the second half, he had three interceptions. So, and, and, if, and if the Chiefs can come away with three interceptions, there's no way in hell they're going to come away with, like, what the Packers come away with, like three points, I think, on those three turnovers. There is no way in hell the Chiefs are coming away with only three points. They will be aggressive, and they will come away with – they'll probably come away with six every time, you know. So, uh, I – You know what? I just don't know. I was – you know, before this podcast, I was leaning towards the Buccaneers, but now I, I'm going to pick – I have my decision. I'm going to pick Kansas City. I have to. I'm picking, I'm picking yeah. Kansas City – for Damn. for two reasons, and they're kind of both on the same side of the field. Tampa Bay against the Green Bay Packers, they did a great job shutting down Aaron Rodgers' receivers, but those receivers were not Travis Kelsey. Those receivers were not Eric Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins. All these guys are dangerous weapons. You know, we talked about the Green Bay's wide receiver core, and it's what? Devontae Adams. Scanling makes a play every other drive. But, he makes a drop every other drive too. So but also makes a drop every other time. Yeah. And they got a and the secondary for Tampa Bay, they got away with a lot of holding calls. A lot. And I think the only way that they're gonna be stopping Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill at the same time is if they play some physical man defense, which I don't know if they're gonna be able to without trying to draw some type of holding. I mean, again, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, they've really been dominating the playoffs coming off back-to-back 100-yard receiving games. So I don't see them being stopped all of a sudden by Todd Tolles' defense. I could be wrong. I just don't see it. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my two cents on it. It's just the receiving core for Kansas City is much better, and the defensive backs for Tampa Bay were already struggling against the Green Bay wide receivers. You know, they play physical man defense, but they did get away with a lot of holding calls. And I don't think those call. I think we're going to see a lot more of those calls being made in the Super Bowl because you can't get away with being with holding the Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They will make it obvious because well, the thing is Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is such a great separator uh, when it comes to route running and his speed. I, I don't think they're going to be able to hold him, you know. Um, exactly. So, <laughs> um. You know, I think, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I think in order for the Buccaneers here to come away with the win, they're really going to have to be 
aggressive with their blitzes and they're just going to have to throw off Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if you're, if you can do that um, because the, this chief's offensive line without their starting two left tackles, just, they're just not very good. You know, I think the chiefs really got to invest in free agency and the draft and some offensive line help. Um, Mike Rimmers, I think that's what his name is, is starting uh, at left or right tackle. I'm not sure which one it is, but uh, the last time he played in the Super Bowl, uh, Von Miller single-handedly won the Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos over the Carolina Panthers. So it they're going to have to be very – and that Denver Broncos defense that won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50 over the Panthers was, I think, a lot better than this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. So they're going to have to play, like, lights out defensively and have a – have a similar game as to what, you know, Von Miller and that defense had back in Super Bowl 50 over, you know, once again, a high powered Carolina offense with uh, Greg Olson and uh, Cam Newton. So I just, you know, it, it, it's going to be, if the Buccaneers can pull this off, I think it's going to be very similar to that Super Bowl. But I think it, this game is going to be more similar to this year when the chiefs blew out the Buccaneers. So I, I think that the Chiefs are going to I, – I think there's a really good chance that the Chiefs blow out the Buccaneers. And to start this podcast, I was saying how I might pick the Bucs, and I just was not decided. I just talked myself into it. So I think the Chiefs are going to win by 10, at least 10, multiple scores. I'll, I'll say four to seven range. I'll say four to seven. Yeah. If- Brady throws a pick, it'll be seven. If he doesn't, it'll be closer to four. Um, but yeah, I just can't see Kansas City's offense being stopped. I just can't. I hate. I, I hate I think Andy Reid's a smart enough coach to tell Patrick Mahomes, "Hey, if Todd Bowles gives us this look, throw it here. If they give us this look, throw it here." Because he has too many good receivers. He has too many good weapons. I mean, the lot. Look, I hate going to the regular season and games like this because this team, they already played each other. And I hate looking back on those games because it does. I don't think that really matters for right now for the Super Bowl and these matchups and everything. It's just the last time these teams played, they just that granted with both of their starting left tackles last time. So there's that, but I just, last time they played Mahomes destroyed them and Tyreek Hill dominated these corners Look, we said it before. This is a really good secondary for the Buccaneers, but it's a young secondary and a lot of inexperienced players here in the playoffs. I think the Buccaneers actually have a better chance of winning next year's Super Bowl than they do this year. So I'm going to take the Chiefs here by multiple touchdowns, 10 to 14 points. Um, I hope I have good squares. <laughs> That's all I got to say, man. Because right? yeah, I'm so excited to watch this game and discuss this next week. You want seven three seven zero three zero something like that. You don't want no crazy, you know, five and eight or something like that, you know. But yeah, it, it's it's gonna be a fun game. Definitely looking forward to Ryan. Uh, you know, hopefully we can watch it together somehow. Maybe this weekend. I don't know. We haven't really talked to anybody about what we're doing Super Bowl wise, but definitely looking forward to this game from the pregame show an hour an hour and a half before the game starts all the way to the postgame celebration with the confetti and all that i'm gonna watch every segment of it looking forward to it two of the best teams yeah um i don't know how long we've been going 
for this podcast, but I know it's going to be a shorter one. So, uh, because, you know, after this, we're going to, I think after, after this game on Sunday, I think uh, we're going to dive into more of uh, the off season and we're going to see, definitely see a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting changes. The quarterback market nowadays is going to, is going crazy. So, all right. I think unless you have anything else you want to add, Ashton, I think I'm going to call it here. Um, I got, I got nothing. I talked about everything I need to talk about. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. Definitely excited for the future of college football video games. <laughs> I is I'm not kidding. NCAA 14 is the sole reason I still have my Xbox 360, and I've had that thing since like 2010 or 2009. So I've been playing this video game for eight years and using the console that I've had for the last eleven years because of how much I love college football and how much I like being putting myself in a world where I can kind of actually have an effect on this kind of things. And really NCAA did a great job, you know, before they got shut down by being immersive, allowing a lot of creativity. There was even a website where you could build your own school and download it. Ryan, we actually created one. I think oh, it was yeah. the, oh, the UAS University of Arkansas State, Kansas. I still have it on my Xbox. So who knows you- where the hell that's at, huh? The purple cobras it's still the purple there cobras yeah yes it is still there on the hard drive i am Oregon's the greatest fullback in yes NCAA history man the greatest player we ever recruited in the two-year history of the program He'll led the nation in touchdowns as a fullback <laughs> oh my lord uh yes looking forward to it yeah i can't wait uh you know you know and once the game comes out Hell, we might as well just give like a game review on it, right? You know, uh, I'm sure oh, we're gonna be like Barstool and we're gonna be having like stream dynasty modes on there. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, we're gonna call the podcast here. If you could please do us all a favor and whatever platform you're listening on, do all you can to support us. I already mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, so I'm not gonna go much into it. Um, Happy Friday, everybody, and we're going to see you next time here at the Stampede. My name is Ryan Jones, along with my colleague, Ashton Yanez, and we will see you next time. Bye. Peace.